Oh, friends, oh, friends, oh, friends. <laughs> I'm still breathing and my heart is skipping because we just had a serious fire of conversation with Corey Russell. Today, Corey Russell is on the show. You guys, Corey is a prayer intercessor like no other. If your life of prayer languishes, don't really have one, it feels boring, nothing special, and you know that you would, you could have more there, literally to have more relationship with Jesus, then this is going to be a podcast you want to listen to. He is the author of eight books, uh, The Gift of Tears and Teach Us to Pray. Y'all, I belong to his online community because he mentors me. He teaches me, right? I, teachers need teachers. And he has taught me the gift of prayer like nothing else. Revelation Wellness, if you know, we, have be, we are a house of prayer, not a house of making programs or keeping you busy. We are praying. We invite you to our prayer calls. We're going to put in the show notes all the different prayer calls that you are welcome to come to. We're just never going to stop. This is the foundation. Communication with God is where it all rises and falls. And we, do, we, we talk to God because He loves us. And He loves to hear what's on our mind. And we can hear from His heart. So be encouraged by this, uh, this talk today. Corey gives us some practical stuff, y'all. He talks about a 20-20-20. So if you've got... 20 minutes, do this. If you've got 40, do this. If you've got an hour, do this. Now, I know some of you are like, whoa, Lisa, <laughs> I barely pray for three minutes. Start where you are. But he talks about where, where to begin, where to begin getting the hunger for this. If you want it, you got it. God comes where he's wanted. If you want more of God, it starts in relationship with him, talking with God in his word, about his word and through his word. Speaking of prayer, prayer is a big part of the body revelation. My book that's coming out June 13, it releases, but right now you can pre-order it. In the body revelation, you will learn how to metabolize pain, banish shame, and connect to God with your whole self. And a big part of this book is the rhythmic movement of praying through what you are learning. So we're not just reading information, we are speaking it out. We are declaring what we want based on scripture and this journey of metabolizing our pain. So the body revelation is about metabolizing our pain. Corey's going to talk about that today. We tend to run from pain when actually pain invites us to come in and sit down and have a meal in the presence of our enemies. And we are going to learn to pray together as we go through the body re revelation. If you haven't pre-ordered your book, please swipe up. Now's the time. Your pre-orders help push the message out before it even hits the world. It tells all the book suppliers around the world, you better put these books on the shelf because people are going to want this message. So friends, if you've been a rev uh, an avid Revelation Wellness podcast listener, would you bless me? This would be a fantastic birthday gift to me. Go and pre-order the Body Revelation. We also have some pre-order gifts for you for those who order. Um, you also 
lock in the price, the lowest price of the book uh, as it gets released. And you also, you don't pay for the book until June 13th. So it's something today that you can put in your cart and order now and let the publishing world know this matters. We care about Jesus being known and our bodies matter to God. Thanks, friends, for hanging out. I hope you enjoy this podcast. We want to hear you back in the app. I have, I am certain you're going to have lots to say about this. I am certain because we go into the places sometimes people get freaked out about when it comes to prayer. So have a good listen and I'll see you back in the app. Okay, Revelation Wellness community, we have been waiting for this one. I think we had you scheduled a while back, Corey, but something fell through, so we are excited. I'm like, we are not giving up on this. So today, Corey Russell is with us on the podcast. Corey, welcome to the Revelation Wellness podcast. It's an honor to be with you, and I'm so excited. It's crazy. I mean, so friends, this uh, man... I would say there have been three people that have really formed my heart in the inmost place as a worshiper of Jesus, John Tyson, Corey Russell, and Nina Landis. And there've been a lot of other great teachers, but I mean, I feel like I have two brothers and a sister. I really do. Like the language you speak and the desire to burn for the love of Christ, for revival to come on the earth. That feels that that's why we ask you guys get in your body, prepare the way God is making a beautiful bride and you are part of that body of Christ. And we, as it says in Ephesians four, that when we are all working properly as the body, then love grows and builds itself up on the earth. And then Jesus is known. So anyways, Corey, your gift to us in this house is this mantle of prayer. Tell us what is prayer? Give me just a small little question. Yeah, just a small one. <laughs> it's a small one. What is prayer? <laughs> no, a simple, really just simple definition. It's it's communication with God. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it begins with communication from God, mm-hmm. and it and it responds in communication back to God. Yeah. yeah. But and so I love to say it this way: that prayer is not monologue; it's dialogue. dialogue. Come on, yeah. And Amen. Yeah. And so God starts the conversation in his word and we respond by the yeah. heart and all that kind of thing. So yeah, prayer in short is communication with God. And isn't it a delight? Isn't it crazy that the God of the universe wants our conversation, welcomes it and even says, bother me, bother yes. me with whatever it, oh, it's it, hard. It, it blows my mind. Isaiah 64 says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God does, that God releases his power for those who wait for him or those who talk to him. Yeah, He releases his power when weak people like me and you ask him to do things. And, and it, I never get over it. I, I just on. never get over it that he has set his affection and his attention upon me. And he loves talking to me and connecting with me. I just love it. Okay, go back and give uh, everyone a little testimony of story of how Corey Russell got to where he is now, because we all go, oh, you're just some guy that, you know, has been cultivating this your whole life. Like, give them backstory of your life. I, I never get old of your testimony. It never tires on me. So, yeah, I, I you're going to hear a Southern accent for uh-huh. you, you listeners out there. I, I'm from Northwest Arkansas. 
little town called Alma, about 3,000 people. <laughs> my dad was a factory worker. My mom was a teacher and uh, really gave those formative years to doing well in school and athletics. And I never knew Jesus. I go off to college and just went as deep and as far into the stuff that you can go as far as the drugs and the partying. And But my best friend had a praying mom and she stormed the gates of heaven and hell and said, give me back my son. Come on. And so my, my best friend, he gets radically saved February 1st, 1997. And he's preaching to me and I don't want to hear anything about it. Two weeks later, he shows up at the college that I'm at and uh, he took me to lunch and he preached the gospel to me. And I said, man, I don't want to hear this. Take me back to school. He pulled, he drove back to the school. And right before I got out of the van, the Holy Spirit filled the van. And I just experienced a great deliverance and then a <laughs> salvation encounter with God where he spoke to me to get out of the van in the college parking lot and just say, Jesus, I give you my life. And that was February 18th, 1997, I know, over 25 years ago. And within a month, I had a drug ring of friends like that or bigger in their explosions. And we saw my little brother come to the Lord. Half the high school came to Jesus. And our first six months were five meetings a week till three in the morning. A, a, a local church began to host this move of God. And I just got a real taste for the presence of God in, in my very first season of, of salvation was I saw how God could turn the tables and take over everything in a moment. And it's wrecked me 25 years later. It's just Mark my life. I love the presence of God. Yeah. And I want his presence to touch our cities, our churches, our yeah. regions. And um, and that's it. I, I married my wife in 1998. We're coming up on 25 years. We had our first daughter in 99. Yeah. And then the Lord began to connect us to a ministry in Kansas City that mm -hmm. was going 24-7 in prayer. Yeah. And I said, that's who I am. And we went for it in 2000. And it's been a wild ride for the last 23 years. At what point? I love this part of your testimony when you said your best friends, when you were first saved, were two old ladies. Yes. <laughs> they have two praying, right? Were they prayerful yes. women? I, I'm not playing. I'm, so I'm a 20-year-old freak right out of the world. And I spent the majority of my first two years hanging out with two 50-year-olds and one 80-year-old woman. Come on. <laughs> I'm not playing these, but th which hit me, you know, cool has nothing to do with age. It has to do with it. Are you on fire? Yes. What are you burning fire, for? Yeah. Fire, fire begets fire. Yeah. And if, if you would get on fire, people are attracted to the flame. Yes, and sir. these women, they knew God. And when they prayed, I could feel God moving and I could feel, and I'm like, I want that. Yeah. So that's who I hung out with. And those those girls taught me how to pray, man. I'm so grateful for that. So I want to just a peek into that moment. You over at their house, what are you doing with these two old ladies? Just they're just praying. Are they teaching you scripture? What what I'm like, what yeah. are those formative moments for yes. Corey Russell? Um well, a lot of we would do uh prayer watches on Friday nights at the church from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Okay. Um I, we would do 6 a.m. prayer often. We would have prayer assignments, but also in that season of the move of God is we would have, you know, what scripture defines as those times of travailing prayer or, or groaning prayer. Mm. And they taught me saying, hey, this is God wanting to birth something. 
And they would coach me, they would encourage me, and they would just kind of help teach me about the ways of the spirit in prayer in that early season when I didn't know anything. And, and they taught me about praying the Bible. They said the authority yes. of praying in the Bible, praying the Bible, praying the will of God, showing yes. up. You don't need your favorite song on before you start praying. You wow. have the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And when you show up, you become a conduit to see God's purposes released into the earth. And I, I was just so marked, but more than anything, God was with them. The presence of God were resting on these women. And I'm like, that's who I want to be around. And, and so that's really what marked me in, in such a deep way. Wow. Okay. You said a few things. I know our audience is going, what does that mean? <laughs> travailing prayer. Tell them what travailing prayer means. It, it's simply birthing prayer. Uh, in the same way a natural soul, a natural baby is born, mm-hmm. so are spiritual souls born in the same way. There's a verse, Galatians 4.19, mm-hmm. where Paul says, my little children for whom I labor or travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Mm-hmm. And that tra- there, guys, I, I just want everyone watching this, and I know I went right into the deep end. Um, the Holy Spirit he, he wants, he, you know, he resides on the inside of you. And Romans 8, 26 says that he helps us in our weaknesses. Yeah. Or we don't know how to pray as we ought, but he makes intercession for us with groanings, which are too deep to be uttered. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, one of the purposes of the indwelling spirit living on the inside of you is to pray the perfect will of God yeah. into the world, your, your own life, your family, your marriage, your children, uh, uh, friends, co-workers, and you have a full-time intercessor living on the inside of you. That's, come on. And, and, that, and the travailing prayer are those moments. There are groanings. There, are, there is prayer on the other side of words that include groanings, tears, mm. Uh, mm. The, the, these cries. Jesus cried in the Garden of Gethsemane in, in the place of prayer. And it's a very biblical reality, though we don't talk much about it. But I believe that the, the Holy Spirit's wanting to instruct the church into yes. deeper forms of prayer and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Why don't we pray, Corey? I'm going to give you this, the simple short answer that the Lord told me. He says, because we're prideful, mm. we're, we're self-sufficient. Yes. We're independent. Yes. We don't ask for anything. We, we pride ourselves in not needing anything. And we'll, we'll put up facades to all of our neighbors and our friends so that they never think we're in need of anything. Mm. And we live in a culture that celebrates that. Yes, um, yes. yes. And, and I, think, I, I don't think we value it as a, as, a, as a great use of our time to talk yeah. to a God we can't see and yes. believe that he is taking weak words and translating it into spiritual power to affect other people. We, we truly don't believe it's doing anything. Therefore, we don't do it. So I think it's we're, we're self-sufficient. We, we think it's a waste of time because at the end of the day, we, we really do what we deem as valuable. That's right. We'll make time for what we value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and the point is, it's not about just yelling at people saying, pray more. It's a deeper, we're in need of revelation. There it is. We're in need of of revelation of of how God has designed us and how God releases his kingdom through prayer 
And many times it's humbling and it takes humility. And that right there makes us like Christ. Yes. That's what makes us like him. And it works something in us. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think the Lord's going to, the Lord really, I, I hate it, but he has, he pretty much uses pressure. He, it, a lot of times, the only thing that really gets us to prayer is yeah. pressure yeah. in our lives and yeah. our marriages, our children, yeah. our finances. And that's actually God's gift to you. If right. you could see, and most of us immediately know to pray when you're in the tough situation, but as soon as that season is alleviated, we say, thank you. We're going to go about go on with life as, as we know it. This is why it so equates to me with a little bit of the, the physical manifestation of the things that we do in life that we'll make time for. So we do a workout or we will invest in those things as we know there's a payoff that comes with it once we do it. And then we get in the habit of doing it. And then we go, I can't imagine not doing that. Yes. I've reaped the benefits of it. Same thing with prayer. We just Absolutely. think this is doing nothing. Like someone wants to lose weight. I'm not losing weight. Nothing's happening. I'm turning around. I'm going back. What's the point where prayer has that same, you, but you don't ever get like, I mean, I guess you do. It's like, how do you keep your fire burning? That's what people are going to want to know. Because I think people can start, I'm going to start praying today. I'm inspired by what Corey said. How do you keep it going? I mean, it goes back to our very first, our very first thing we talked about on this episode was the God of, of heaven, the God of glory, our father in heaven. Yeah. He actually wants to talk to you. Yeah. Amen, Corey. Listen, he, he, he sent his son oh. to literally open the heavens so that you could look at him and relate with him. Mm. He has, his blood cleanses you. I know that a lot of us are dealing with a lot of shame, mm. a lot of lies, a lot of regrets, a lot of pain, thinking God would never want to talk to me. I'm a second class citizen. Mm. Some of you have been through painful marriages and you <laughs> felt like you're a second class citizen in the kingdom. And I want you to know that God sent his son to yeah. rend the veil so that you could look at him and he first hear what he thinks about you to receive what he thinks about you. And then by, and out of receiving that would then begin to talk to him and connect him. God wants to connect with you. Wow. God yeah. wants to. And, and so I think the fire that burns is that I constantly keep bringing myself back yeah. to the to the simplicity yeah. that God wants to connect with me, and I must guard that relationship, put an electric fence around it. I like to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that this relationship takes priority over my marriage, over yeah. my children, yeah, over Oof. my my friendships, over my ministry, over my job. This relationship is the relationship from which every other thing flows in my life. And if I don't guard this, it all crumbles. Amen. I've heard you say this, and I'm so grateful for the honesty of it, that <laughs> you said, listen, sometimes it's boring. <laughs> it's ugly. There's nothing special about it. And I'm so grateful you say that because I think we think it's going to be this yes. ah, moment. Like give us the down and the dirty of what do you do when it's, well, I guess it goes back to, he still hears me. I, I mean, tell me about the boring places, the dry season. Well, I mean, I, I think about 
Well, first off, I want you to know it might be boring to you and your emotions. It might be boring to you and what you're sensing, but it's not boring to God. Mm. I, I need you to know that. Mm. I'll give a short story. I had a spiritual father of mine that went to a, uh, he, it was December of 1995. He goes to a prayer meeting. It's a cold, snowy morning. Two cars are in the driveway. Okay. He's, he's getting out of his car. He comes up to the front door of the church. And right when he gets there, he, he hears the most deafening sound in the whole wide world. He, and, and it's, he says, it's like, you know, the, the greatest orchestra, the greatest, you know, crescendo of anything you've ever heard. So he's yeah. mad. He thinks the guys inside are have the amps up and they're in there jamming out the two guys. And he goes, Oh my God, he comes in there mad and he gets up to the front and all he sees is a guy on an unplugged acoustic guitar with mm -hmm. a, with a girl just sitting there singing right next to him. Okay. And so he takes the next 45 minutes saying, God, what was what that? Was that? What did I hear? And the Lord says, this is what it sounds like in heaven. When any of you gather before me in my Ooh. presence. And this is the thing that hit my spiritual father. He says it was one of the most boring prayer meetings he had ever been at. <laughs> he said, he said it was lifeless. There wasn't a lot going on, but yet what heaven, how heaven, this is what the Lord told Samuel. God looks at different realities than what men look at. That's right. So I think about it in two ways. One is God uses humility, boredom, mundaneness to release his power. It's a mystery. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this, think about, I've been married almost 25 years. Mm. It, it's sprinkled with many epic moments, but, That's right. but the majority is a lifelong of mundane, boring moments that create context for deep love, a deep history, and a deep intimacy with one another yes. that I believe is found in the mundaneness that we're trying to run from. Yes, we have built a whole culture around keeping us out of boredom. And yet boredom is where history is made. Come boredom on. Boredom is where you begin to discover God in a way you never have before. And you get delivered from conference highs and you get delivered from <laughs> the epic YouTube moments. I love all of those. But you begin to go into something deeper called yeah. the intimate knowledge of God. Yes. That I believe the, the Holy Spirit's inviting all of all of us into. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yes. When we get into that bored, mundane place. Come on. Wow. I was uh, reading about, um, actually, so everyone, Corey has an online ministry. If you want to grow in this, I've joined. I have, we have a lot of staff members that are a part of it. It has been a big part of us building Revelation Wellness as a house of prayer. Listeners, you know that. We um, prayer calls every day, every week. I wish we were an online ministry. So we do our best to just wherever we can gather, we're online. Uh, and we're grateful. Like I said, you've really fathered that in us, Corey. Um, but you you did just came down finished off a session where we were talking about buying oil. Yes. Tell people let's let's talk about the buying oil. Yeah, the phrase is out of Matthew twenty five. It's actually this is this is pretty interesting. I don't know the airing of this show, but today is Tuesday of Passion Week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It would have been Tuesday of Passion Week. What when Jesus preached Matthew 24, 25. <laughs> Come on. Jesus loves me. I love yeah, you, yeah, Dad. Yeah. Okay. So it was his last public message. That's good. And Jesus is talking about the generation of his return and saying, guys, yeah. you want to get prepared. Don't yes. get into 
don't get into deception. Yes. Don't don't buy into all the conspiracy theories and all the little side conversations. Yes. Just get, know me and go deep in my word. And then in Matthew 25, he gives us a parable mm -hmm. about five wise and five foolish virgins. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think he's defining two types of believers that are going to come forth in that generation. Mm. And he defines the foolish ones as only having enough oil or intimacy with God, enough oil to keep in their lamps, which mm. means just enough oil to get by. Mm. <laughs> but the wise ones didn't have just enough oil or intimacy with God just to get by. They had vessels. Flasks, yes. They had flasks. They had whole reserves that was about an overflowing, super abundant life in God. Come on. <laughs> that was literally, that was literally overflowing. And for a season, you can't tell the difference between the wise and the foolish. But there was a cry in Matthew 25 where he says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Yes. And, and that day, and I believe we're at the beginning of the beginning of that day, as that cry got louder, there became a difference between the wise and the foolish. Hmm. And the wise began to shine and the foolish began to be wanting, saying, hey, we don't have enough oil or history or intimacy with God to navigate seasons of transition. Hmm. And, and I, you know, they come to the wise, they go, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But they said, no, no, no. Friends, I want to say that to somebody on here. You got to learn how to say no. Yeah. One of the greatest hindrances to your prayer life is you're trying to fix everyone's problems and be everyone's savior. Oh. And the Lord is saying there are times to say no and to prioritize intimacy with me, even over helping someone. Let that flow from intimacy instead of just being busy. And so... I, they the wise said no, and I think it's an hour to learn how to say no because we got to buy oil. Yes, we got to, and it, it's free, but it's going to cost you energy, time, yes. intentionality, investing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, prioritizing, and and that's the buying of oil. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to the church, it's time to buy oil because mm. the the earth is shifting, and and Amen. I want to be one that's shining bright, helping people navigate turbulent days. Come on. And the oil, guys, I want to, you talk about oil has been sitting in the studies and the teachings, like, and the oil comes through the pressing, yes. the places of crushing, the places we know, right? That's where the, the foolish ones are just busy making things feel better. As we said, we don't like ache. We don't like hunger. So we, we don't want to sit with our pain or our lack instead of I bring my crushing to the Lord. I bring yes. my mundane. I bring that this is still lack here, whatever it is. And he, and bother him back to bother me, bother me. And that bothering brings oil. And then we've got flasks for our house and for, for those that we know that are for us, but the, the foolish ones who, who are going to come and steal and take from our time and our energy. That's a real, that's a word. That's a word for someone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the crushing, guys, you know, or, you know, Gethsemane, which is another reality mm -hmm. of Passion Week, it mm -hmm. literally means the olive press. Mm -hmm. And that's the crush. That's how olive oil mm -hmm. gets produced is through the crushing. That's and right. some of some of you are going through crushing hard seasons. Yeah. This is what I want to say to you. Make it count. Yeah. Make yeah. it count. These moments yeah. don't come around for yeah. They're not going to last yeah. forever. And there's not a lot of them. Make this one count by turning it into worship, 
and turn it into prayer in your most painful places. Yeah. And that's how oil is produced. And that's your history in God that nobody can take from you. Let's talk about a little bit of your personal crushing season, because people can think if I pray, I do all the things, things are going to add up. God's going to be kind to me. God will be good to me. Look, I'm showing up. I'm putting in my sweat equity of prayer hours. <laughs> um, you yourself walked through a season where your son was, went home to be with the Lord and explain that crushing time for you. And how did you navigate and stay a prayerful man on mission? Does your body feel like a problem to be solved? Do you feel stuck with your body trying to make the best of what you've been given? Are you still prone to getting stuck in the obsess and neglect cycle concerning your body? Friends, this is Elisa, and this is why I wrote my next book, The Body Revelation. In The Body Revelation, you will learn how to stop treating your body as a problem to be solved and learn how to engage with your body and God as part of the solution instead. This isn't a book just to be read. It's a book to be trained. Swipe up on the show notes now to pre-order your copy of The Body Revelation. Thanks for helping us share with the world that what's needed now on the earth is for each of us to walk with God and receive a body revelation. And now back to our show. Let's talk about a little bit of your personal crushing season because people can think if I pray, I do all the things, things are going to add up. God's going to be kind to me. God will be good to me. Look, I'm showing up. I'm putting in my sweat equity of prayer hours. <laughs> um, you yourself walked through a season where your son was, went home to be with the Lord and explain that crushing time for you. And how did you navigate and stay a prayerful man on mission? Yeah. Well, I just want to state it. God is good. And uh, God is, is amazing. We have three beautiful daughters yeah. and the Lord had promised us a son and, and he was born to us on June 26, 2012. We named him Josiah Nash. We called him Nash Russell. And we named him after an old intercessor whose name was Daniel Nash, who was an intercessor with Charles Finney during a big revival in the 1800s. And at nine and a half months old, I was in London, England ministering, and my wife went to see family in Arkansas, laid him down for a nap, and he didn't wake up. Mm -hmm. And I got the call that would change everything. And we, yeah. we just came upon 10 years since that had happened. And it was the dark night. It was the the, the, the crushing, the, the pain. It was difficult. Uh, you know, when you got teenage daughters walking into that season, you got a wife that in many ways we, we've shared this where she just froze and she, and she didn't know how to move yeah, on and it's trauma and, and trauma. And yeah. uh, we, we then began to ask the question. I mean, so, and that's the thing too, is when you walk through tragedies, everybody responds differently. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I don't know what it was. It was probably just the mercy and the grace of God. It wasn't so much why it was, I got to make this count. What I was just talking to you about. Yep. Yep, and and yep. my point was, I found passages from the Bible, uh, uh, chapters of the Psalms that really helped anchor my heart and mm. keep my head above water yeah. and keep my eyes on the Father to navigate through that season. And I, mm. I, didn't, I didn't do everything right, but sure. I knew how to live on my knees. And I went into yeah. God in prayer and I said, God, I got to make this count. Yeah, I want to make it count. Well, 
And one of the big passages the Lord used was Psalm 2. And the issue of, it's pretty much, Psalm 2 is the devil's rage over Jesus's inheritance. And the Lord taught me out of Psalm 2 that your greatest places of warfare are to become your greatest places of inheritance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, for me, it was the loss of a child and a marriage that I didn't know was going to make it. Children, mm -hmm. whether I didn't know would make it. Some of you, it's marriages, finances, children, mm -hmm. situations. And the Lord taught me that where you see the enemy's greatest rage, I want you to come out of the swirl and the confusion. Yeah. And I want you to make eye contact with me. Yeah. And I want you to speak this back over to me. Number one, I'm your son in whom you're well pleased. Come on. I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. Corey. I would say that every day. And then number two, in Psalm yeah. two, he says this, you see those nations raging, ask me for them and I'll make them oh. your inheritance. <laughs> And the Lord says, Corey, I'm going to release your inheritance because yeah. I knew I was in a generational moment for my family. Yeah. Well, in that season, this is the end of it. In that season, a friend of mine sent a dream, a prophetic friend I hadn't really connected to in a long time. He said, Corey, I had a dream. And in the dream, the church was under real intense persecution. It was like mid medieval times. The cultural wars were increasing and everybody ran to the city square asking, how do we pray in these days? How do we mm -hmm. pray these days? And I come into the dream smiling, saying, hey, these are the days we've been waiting on. Yeah. And, okay. and my friend began to prophesy over me in the dream. And he said this, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. There it is. He said it again. For every one voice, what, what he means by that is for every person you see on a stage, you're going to see hundreds that nobody ever knows their names. Nobody even knows anything about them, but they're going to be famous in heaven. He says, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. And then he said this phrase. He says, I've given this one guy the Nazarites. He said, but Corey, I'm giving you the Nazarites. Yeah, there's and the, the Nazarites will be an army of intercessors. Yes. They may not be known in the eyes of men, but they're going to be famous in heaven. Sure. And I'm going to hear their prayers. I'm going to hear their cries and I'm going to send revival to their families to their homes, yeah. to their churches, to their cities and their regions. And when my friend gave me this dream, I said, Lord, I literally have it right back on here. I have Psalm 2. I was just, I'm looking at your, and you sit in front of map of the nations. Like, yes, it, of course. And I've got Psalm 2, ask of me right here. This is the thing. And, and I said, Lord, give me 100 million Nasherites. Give mm. me 100 million. I'll let you do the accounting. I'll meet them in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but Lord, raise them up across the earth. And I'm thinking of moms at home who've got some That's kids right. that That's have just gone south during That's these teenage right. years. Right. And you've pleaded with them, but they're not hearing you. But friends, you have access uh, to a power and to a person Go. that transcends their ability to even hear you talk to them. That's you right. can move the hand right. at the right hand of the father to intervene on your behalf. I know, I know for our children, I know for our marriages, I know finances, mm -hmm. I know bodies and circumstances and lost relationships. Mm -hmm. You may not be able to get to it in the natural, but prayer is the place that transcends the natural. Yes. It causes God to move into these situations. And so that, that's what the Nasherite army is to me, is awakening people to this simple truth. God moves at the sound of my voice. Gosh, you guys.
this is the stuff. I feel like <clears throat> I, I've been a Christian, you know, a believer, follower of Christ, like fully, wholeheartedly in ministry doing for 13 years, probably another 10 years prior to that, really coming and falling in love with Jesus. But no one really, really helped me understand prayer and that it felt like this, this un unmind jewel and it's the greatest gift that we could have. So that's why even here at Revelation Wellness, we flipped everything upside down. Like everything is on, rises or falls on our prayer. Everything is our in the quiet place. And uh, we tell people there are no spectators. You're if yes. you don't have anything to do, there's no stage calling you, no Bible study saying, would you lead us? You are an intercessor. You that's right. are a voice waiting to awaken something in the earth that only you can. So this gets me excited because I'm like, there's no we have no reason to be bored or lazy. We have something that we can be yes. activating and, and like our muscles in our body really engaging and growing strong, even though it doesn't feel good. You could do a lot of other things with your time, but this moves the heart of God. Yes. What else could we spend time doing? Okay. So many questions for you and I don't want to take up your entire life. Uh, let's talk about the physicality of prayer. Brother Corey, I see you every time I'm in your presence, you are physical. You are physical. I was in one prayer meeting where you were like in the corner, just like getting it. And I'm like, that is my man that whatever's going on there, more of that. So let's talk about your physical embodiment of prayer. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, and just the last phrase to what you were just saying, we've been told our whole life to pray, but then we get there. We we need mothers and fathers to teach us to That's pray. That's right. That's right. We That's need right. people to take us by the hand and introduce us to the Father and help us because we're all learning. And mm -hmm. we're all like distracted two-year-olds learning how to make eye contact with the Father. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you with that. Find resources and people to help bring you into that place and launch you. I, I would say posture and body really matters a lot. And yeah. I say this when I'm teaching people about how to spend an hour with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I say, if you've got an hour or you can say, hey, I've got 30 minutes, what, whatever. I like to think of three movements in prayer. And the first movement is literally setting down and setting back. Mm. And it literally matters that. that your first movement in prayer is receiving. Yes. Okay. Your first movement in prayer is receiving because you can only uh, pray as you're filled with the heart and the will of God, the knowledge of God. Mm. And so I like to spend, if I, I, if I tell people I have an hour, I say yep. 20, 20, 20. And the first 20 is Bible open, mm. a, a devotional on, and I'm leaning back and I'm receiving from God with short phrases from the Bible. And I'm letting God wash me in his affection, in his love, and mm. in his heart. So I like to start with leaning back. Love that. Love that. The second one is would be called activating. So the first okay. one's receiving. The second one is activating. And in that movement, now I don't do it to a science, but I find that these are the rhythms that happen in my prayer life. Sure. The second one is pacing. I will stand up and I will pace. Yeah. I'm a pacer. So I find movement helps us distracted people that got like 10 things going on. If I'm walking, I pray better. 
Okay. It's, it's actually true. Can I interject in there in a body way? Yes. When you get in your body, you are actually engaging the part of your brain that is early formative and it's connected a little bit to the emotion side. You actually shut down any anxiety or fight, flight, freeze. So when you're moving, it's bilateral stimulation a little bit. So you're, you're, you're harnessing and quieting down kind of that younger, that, that, that distracted part of you. Absolutely. It really is. So then you can, the word of God to me, when I'm moving and I'm praying, like things are integrate. That's like, how no, I, no that's how I get clarity. That's how yeah. I think yes. through things Yes, is I, I've got to be. So I, I love to pace and that's more activating. And now I'm not receiving per se. I'm still receiving, but I'm now it's engaging yeah. who God is. Yeah. I'm declaring God, you are good. Yeah. You are mighty. You are powerful. I'll pray in the spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. I'll bless God. Even with this, and, and body does matter, I'll lift my hands. Mm -hmm. I'll lift my hands and I lift my head with it because I'm connecting to a real place yes. where my father sits on a real throne. Yes. And so I body matters. And so the last one, if I come sit back down in my chair, it moves into intercession or request for other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that you'll see people like I've probably done it three times here on accident. I start rocking. Yeah. Um, I will start rocking. Rocking does the same thing. A lot yes. of times movement, it actually quiets my mind yes. down and yes, connects me in. Now, you know, all the science behind it yes. and the understanding of that. That's amazing to me because yeah. I just kind of stumbled into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your body was already trying to teach you. These are the things that you've been made for. Yeah. And I think it's actually that Psalm one, it says, blessed is the man who meditates in his law day and night. The word meditation mm -hmm. literally has this movement yes. connected to it. Yes. And yes. so I, I find, and that'll, that'll help all of you. Like some of you are like, man, I get so distracted. So good. Um, I get so confused. First off, don't don't beat yourself up when you get distracted. After your mind's run its course, just bring it back to the Lord. He Amen. is so kind. Amen. The fact that 99.9% .9 of the earth isn't trying to talk to him, don't beat yourself up. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's your story. But at the same time, these things help distracted people like us connect with God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to feel that all the ways. Now let's talk about tongues. Go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. As I was mentioning, that second movement is yeah. praying. I'll declare, I'll praise God, but I'll also begin to lift up my voice and pray in tongues. And I know it. You know, I found in my life that the devil doesn't spend his time on things that don't hurt his kingdom. Come on. And if there's anything that the devil has worked overtime to divide the church over, it's over the use of tongues. And guys, I think we need to ask the question, why? Why <laughs> has there been so much intense debate Come and on. division and spotlight on this one reality? I'll tell you why I believe it. Yeah. I believe it because it's the secret to unlocking the power of God in your life. Yes. And seeing the destiny and the will of God released in your life. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than all of you. Mm -hmm. That is the most gangster verse. I've that ever is such a good gangster. That is so true. I mean, for you to say, I don't even need to ask. I don't even need to go around here asking. I know I pray in tongues more than all the zealous believers of Corinth. I'm praying in tongues more than all of y'all. 
I, I, that's just my favorite. And I think that gives us some of the greatest insight into the Apostle Paul's devotional life. Right. He, we don't get a lot of insight, but we he does this all the time, whether working or traveling or in prison or in preaching. He said, I do this all the time. Could there be a connection between that verse and the fact that this man pretty much wrote most of the New Testament, who manifested the character and the nature of Christ, who operated in the power of God, who walked in humility, yeah. who walked in sacrificial love, who mm -hmm. walked in apostolic power, mm. I think there's a direct connection. Mm. And friends, I, you know, just to help a little bit with this, I, I see a different, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about gifts for the church. Yeah. And I, and he talks about the gifts of tongues, tongues. and that there's different times, uh, types of tongues. I see that there are gifts of tongues that God gives that must come with interpretation for church edification. Correct. Okay. Like a Sunday morning, if yeah. someone's going to give a message in tongues, there has to be An interpretation. interpretation to bring okay. edification to the body. Okay. That's what Paul's dealing with. But in 1 Corinthians 14, it's not about the body. It's about the individual. Yes. And he makes phrases like in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, he says that when a man speaks in tongues, he doesn't speak to men, but to God. God. You have a direct phone line, spirit to spirit yeah. connection with God. He says we speak mysteries in the spirit. Yeah. yeah. The spirit of revelation, the Bible opening up, the still small voice getting louder and clearer, your inner knower getting sharper, yeah. your dream life increasing. Mysteries are not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Yes. Edification. When we pray in tongues, it's spiritual weightlifting. You're there building your interior life to become strong in spirit and strength of spirit looks like forgiveness. Yes. It looks like patience. Yes. It looks like self-control. Looks like joy and peace. The fruits of the spirit flow through praying in the spirit. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, <laughs> anyway, the anyway, fruit I can go of the it. spirit flows through praying <laughs> in the spirit. This is why Satan works hard to keep us oh, yes. distracted because we would actually cultivate and multiply good within and throughout our life because we're so connected to the spirit in a language that's only ours for the spirit to be built on the inside. J James tells us our tongue, though it's the smallest among the members, right. does the most damage. I believe one of the greatest ways to bring your tongue under control is <laughs> through praying in tongues. Okay, next question now, because I know my people, I'm telling you, Corey, I so love you. You literally, we just shifted the whole podcast. People went, <laughs> wait, wait, Revelation Wellness, we're doing this. We're doing this because this is the full inheritance for the bride of Christ, that this is part of our activating, gifting, being built up so that we are healthy and whole people. Someone listening is going, okay, I think I'm hearing this. Uh, I'm hearing that I, I want to be built up. You said spiritual weightlifting. I'm in for this. Where do they start? Because you had a radical encounter. Like, did, can I ask that? Did tongues come upon you in that parking lot? Not immediately. No, okay. but it happened in that first season. Uh, okay. In that first season of that move of God. It, did it, someone lay hands on you or did you yes. just learn to speak? I got what? prayed for is actually the Lord was breaking cigarettes off of me. It took about a month and a half to break cigarettes off so of I me. I got to get that thing out of the mouth and then I can get to yeah. his tongue. And the Lord, <laughs> the, I, I was asking a friend to pray for me to get set free from that. 
And then I fell back and started praying in tongues. And he did it all. He got the whole thing. Um, okay. So what about the person? How do, does, do people receive the gift of tongues through a, like a firefall or something, or is it something that people can actually just begin to move their tongue? Yeah. I want to just start with Holy spirit. And I just want that, you know, Luke 11, this is a good verse to start with Luke 11, verse 13, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, we receive the Holy Spirit at the new birth, okay? Mm -hmm. He's living on the inside of us. Yeah. But we don't, but it's not only in us. Jesus also talks about upon us. Upon us, yes. Upon us. And Acts 1.8, he said the Holy Spirit will come upon, upon you. you. Yeah. And he will come out of you. John 7 says rivers. Rivers rivers will flow out of you. All right. We don't want just a hot tub. We want a, <laughs> we want a fire hydrant yes, coming sir. out of our spirits, out of our yes, mouths. Okay. This is what you start with. You simple phrase. I want more of the Holy spirit in my life. Yeah. God, I want everything that yes. Jesus died for. Yes. I want everything. You just need to yes. simply say, I want everything Jesus died for. If there's something out there that's a gift to help me, I want it. Yes. And, and I would begin to just sincerely ask the Father for everything and for much more of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and I would do that. I would get around hungry friends. Yes. If there's some more mature people that are walking this ahead of you, you see it in the book of Acts. Sometimes like on the day of Pentecost, the Lord just came. Yeah. He came again in Acts 4, but in Acts 8, the apostles laid hands on them. Paul laid hands on them in Acts 19. Yeah. Um, and, and so you see it in both ways, but I'm telling you this, and this is the principle you need to know. Blessed are those who hunger. Yeah, there it is. You will be filled. Yeah, yeah. Blessed are those who hunger. You will be filled. Amen. And he fills the hungry soul. And just know it's an act of your will too. God will start something in your belly. And it will be like waves running up and down. And there will be those moments where you feel the presence of God moving from within you. Mm. In that moment, friend, you may be in your car driving to work. You may be in your closet or your bedroom. When you feel that wave, just step out of the boat and just begin to lift Let up your go. voice. And I watch God do amazing things when we get out of our head and we just let go. And he That's blows right. I, 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 can I share my story of how the tongue, how tongues came upon me? I was in a season with a friend who actually is, is no longer really doing ministry, kind of turned back from the Lord. And I was grieving the loss of this friend. I was grieving. This was a good friend. I thought this was the Jonathan that we we're going to go far and long. And I was so hurt on the inside, so grieved on the inside after meeting with this specific person that was choosing, I'm going, they were going to go a different way than following Christ. And I was in my car crying out to the Lord, like crying, grieved in my gut about yeah. this and sad. And so the gift of tears. And as I was praying out loud in my car in the heat of the indignation, almost the holy fire room falls on me and I am praying a language I've never prayed before. And I'm, I couldn't stop. It just came like, like you said, rivers came out. I have no idea what I prayed to this day, but I knew this. I was built up in that moment. 
Like I felt the sincerity heart, the burn of the father who hurt with me and was, I'm with you. And that's when a language came upon me. So it was, it was like kind of in a fire moment, like a, that's, I've never heard it like that, but that, yeah, that's profound. Yeah. It was burdened. Because uh, he, you know, it, again, that Romans eight twenty six. we don't know how to pray as we ought. Yes. But the spirit himself makes intercession with groanings. Groans, and- yeah with those unutterable words yeah. that we yeah. came and put language to that come out of our, what was happening? It was your spirit reaching for God further. Yeah. The cry of the depths yeah. of your spirit reaching yeah. for God. Yeah. And, and the, and that's what happened in that moment. Something uh, happened. Well, it was, it was out of this world, but Okay. All right. I, I have 9,000 more questions, but I'm going to stop there because we're just going to have you back again, because I know you're going to write another book. You've written like nine or something already. Um, we are members of your um, online uh, community. It's called Corey Russell online guys. And it's like, I don't know, like $10 or something a month. I mean, come on. Yeah, we've got, I think we're doing like 20. I think it's 20 okay. uh, something like that. But what they what everyone gets access to is you get around 34, 35 courses. Yeah. And, and you're getting access to about 200 hours of content. Yep. That are specifically built on strengthening your prayer. That's awesome, but we also have small groups. Yes. And so we have a whole I have mine small, on Thursdays. We have a whole small group structure of people going after the same thing and guys at the end of the day that's been the gift of the community is you've got a community that when you text, I need prayer, they're really praying. They really are. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, Corey, you guys have done an amazing job at just connecting, the, raising up the Nashorites. That's right. That's Not right. saying I don't need a stage. I need a community of people to contend with. Yes. It's, it, it's it, legit. So I'm blown away. We do three one-hour lives a month. And so I get on three hours a month and just pour into you. Yes, you do. What God's given. So you do. You, so I just want to say, y'all, I know you come here for me with to help you just have a good relationship in your physicality and your embodiment of Jesus Christ and staying out of the obsess and neglect weird things that the world does with the body. But you, you need a father or someone to teach you this in the prayer life, the the spiritual weightlifting. I this is the man that I, I just stand behind it a hundred percent. So revelation wellness community, we'll put the sh- link in the show notes and all the things. Okay. Fast rapid fire questions, Corey, ready? Uh, favorite way to move your body. Favorite way to move my body. Favorite way to move your body. Like if you're going to move it. Rocking. Rocking. <laughs> I know you and Lou Engel. Yes. You and Lou. Papa Lou's Lou. a spiritual father. I love Lou. I, so, I've yeah. seen Lou. Like he's, I think he's actually got a rocking chair. Has anyone oh, yeah, gotten no. you a rocking chair yet? I don't, but a glider is my favorite. Oh, uh, the glider. That's my favorite place. There you go. Love that. Okay. Um, coffee, tea, or kombucha? Like, what's your drink of choice? Uh, coffee. You're a coffee no, guy. A black coffee. A black big coffee early in the morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, you got one meal to eat. What are you going to have? <laughs> I'm going to have a probably a medium rare New York strip. Let's go. Um, yeah. A nice oh. steak. And uh, yeah, that's a, good a nice steakhouse. I'm in heaven. No, I'm in heaven too. Would you pray for our community? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for everyone in the revelation wellness community. And father, I pray, you know, every storyline, you know, every crisis, every victory, every pain point. 
Father, I pray right now that you would open the floodgates of heaven over every person and that you would pour out your love upon them, that you would invite them to lift up their eyes and that you would visit them, Lord. I just pray breakthrough and let the same cry that touched my sister come out of them, just a cry from the core of their being. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the physical things that happen on the outside, but God, I pray that it would be a cry from the depths yes. more of God, to see God, to encounter God, to be filled with God. I just pray that you would release spiritual hunger upon the whole community yeah, and that Jesus. there would be a cry for more of God to lay hold of every person in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, Corey. We're so grateful. Thank you for having me. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.